Thank you for choosing to listen to the Recruiters Recruitment Podcast. We are thrilled to be sponsored by Vincere, a global ATS system that truly transforms the experience of every single user in the recruitment industry. We are also really proud to be partners to Needy, the bespoke gift matching service using psychology and AI to, to remove boring gifts and experiences. We'll tell you more about them later in the show. And we are also very proud to partner Inclusion Crowd, the diversity and inclusion specialist for the recruitment industry, something that you all need to know about. But again, more information later on in the show. Thank you for choosing to listen. Remember to click the subscribe or follow button so you'll be alerted to any new episodes that we release on the Recruiters Recruitment Podcast. But enough of this, let's jump into this week's guest. On the next episode of the Recruiters Recruitment Podcast, I'm joined by an expert in STEM. And during this, certainly the first part of the interview, we both get quite passionate and opinionated about the education system and the whole culture around STEM and young people coming into it. And then basically the massive talent shortage. So I'll warn you now, it's not a political statement, but there's an awful lot of opinion being chucked around by myself and my guest. Sebastian Petiti is the MD of Reverec, a, a unique business that's based to support people into STEM across the UK, but also moving into America and Europe as well. So during this episode, we do move on from our educational piece and we talk about the world of STEM, um, how companies are actually adapting to the skill shortage, how hybrid working and workplace culture is adapting and what our predictions are for the metaverse and how that will impact STEM. We really hope you enjoyed this episode. We did have a couple of technical challenges during the recording. We hope that it's seamless for you, but please bear with if there are a little, there's a, the odd pause because it's not our fault. It was the signal. So here's Sebastian. We hope you enjoy the episode. This is Leisha Holmes and I'm your host on the Recruiters Recruitment Podcast and I'm really excited for today's guest because we're going to be talking about an area which I think will interest an awful lot of people but a passionate area for me as well. So this is Sebastian Petiti and he is the owner and founder of Reverec. Welcome to you today. Sebastian, how are you? I'm very well, very well. Yourself? I am very well, thank you very much indeed. So for those not yet following you on LinkedIn and getting to know your business, tell us a little bit about who you are and what your business does. So um, I'm the MD, my name's Sebastian. Um, so the company itself, we're a STEM recruiter. So we do engineering, IT, energy and science recruitment UK-wide, um, soon to be established in Germany and the US as well. Um, We've been going for just under five years, so I've done most of our expansion kind of post-pandemic, but um, yeah, quickly growing and um, yeah, um, trying to uh, establish more clients and, and develop as a business. Fantastic, and what a very succinct introduction that was and how exciting. I mean, as we sort of start out a new year in 2023, it's always good to hear what people's plans are, and I think anyone that's looking at international markets, particularly the Golden Hills of America and Europe, I think it's probably a very wise decision but how interesting that you've grown significantly since the pandemic what, what what do you put that down to well we'd only been going for i was on my own for the first year um started in may 2018 so i was on my own for the first year just sort of working from home i always knew i wanted to kind of grow but when we started hiring we needed free staff and then the pandemic hit so it's a bit um a bit difficult really 
But um, we found that the pandemic probably wasn't so bad for us as we were thinking. So I started hiring back end of it. Um, and then the last sort of nine months to a year, we've expanded significantly. Um, so although we was a year ago, I think it was on five people by the end of 2023, 25 to 30 people. So wow. growing quite quickly. But wow. most of it's been in the last sort of nine months to a year, most of our growth. Phenomenal. That's really how how exciting. And then in terms of your market, so STEM is, you know, for me, that's going to be talent short from my understanding. So yeah. how, so I guess your, the whole purpose of your business is to attract more people into STEM. So why, can we just go back a little step? Why do we have such a problem with the number of, with the, with the available talent in STEM? Why is there a problem historically? Um, I don't know, is it a matter of opinion, but for me, a big problem that we have is as, a, as an education system this is sort of a macro problem in the uk i don't think the uk has made enough of an attempt to try and replenish the skilled workforce we have so if you think of the baby boomers now so we place a lot of people in certain roles it tends to be either younger people coming in that companies are having to train from quite limited because they haven't come through a technical school or apprenticeship or anything like that and the people that they're replacing did apprenticeship years ago and apprenticeships these days are paid they're paid you could earn more money working in the supermarket yep. rather than doing a three-year apprenticeship so True. people tend to go the university route schools push the university route which is great mm. but academically it doesn't tend to cover the vocational skill sets that we're missing and i think um over the last sort of 15 20 years that problem has um you know, continued and we found ourselves a bit of a cycle so we've got we've got a skill shortage and obviously with brexit i think that um perhaps when we was in the eu a lot of the roles that were um challenging to fill were filled by migrant workers obviously leaving the eu that's ripped the band-aid off so um there is a massive skill shortage but um yeah i think it's just a continued issue based on the education system mm. We talked about this offline, didn't we? Because and this is why in my show I say that this is something I'm so passionate about because I am going to make a massive opinion sweeping statement here that I think our education <laughs> system missed such a huge opportunity in the pandemic to, and I don't mean teachers. I've got plenty of friends who are teachers, and my sisters are teachers. I'm not getting at the teachers here. I think the whole system needed shaking up that year and instead what they did was they just brought everybody back in the classroom and they're just straight back to the same curriculum and I think having witnessed it myself as a mum I don't think there's any emphasis on skill gaps and that includes STEM I think it's the traditional subjects the traditional routes there are exceptional schools and of course they're probably going to yeah. be grammar schools because that's where people parents expectations are generally speaking higher um but as a parent who put their children through state the state system there was absolutely no mention of any technical roles it was all you know accountancy it was all the traditional careers that you know we talked on, on offline around technical schools you know my daughter is starting an apprenticeship and what you said there about the, the sort of the financial recompense you know she'll start her apprenticeship and I think it's 491 an hour but actually, by the time she's 18, she will have two years experience in the job that she really wants to do. So I think it's the narrative needs to change in the education system. So I think that's that's we're both agreeing on our starting Definitely. Point, aren't yeah. we? Definitely. I think that, um, yeah, the, I don't know, it's, I, I mean, I'm a graduate, but I, I, thought I was talking, I was talking to one of the guys and we were talking about this beforehand. Um, 
And the weird thing is, if you think about it, from a, I found this a bit strange. I went to UE, which is University of West of England, and it's, a lot of people haven't heard of it. It's a mid-ranked uni in Bristol. Um, it's not even Bristol Uni, it's the other one. And I did a media degree. So you look at it, and from a prestige perspective, the odd thing is, when I think about it, even though it's widely considered kind of a soft degree, because I'm not academic, it's probably, a, you know, you know, you felt like most people fall into recruitment because reasonably intelligent but don't know what you want to do. Had I have known about that, had it have been pushed when I was at school, then possibly I could have found a career in it because I do find it really interesting. I'm passionate about it. Mm. I didn't really discover it until later in life. And then you can't afford to go back and retrain. So I think that, yeah, the the narrative about it, I think you're, you're spot on with that. It is. And, and, you know, I started my recruitment career in 1998 in um engineering manufacturing um and we did everything we did automotive we did process we did you know chemical we did food we did every energy a little bit um and even then if i think about some of the candidates that i was interviewing in fact my first like my first month was spent interviewing tool makers and you know these process engineers chartered engineers who were retiring even then and i remember speaking to clients so we're talking 25 years ago um where there was a skill shortage and in 25 years we still haven't sorted the problem so the problem is now we're playing catch-up constantly so I and I'm going to make an, again another bold statement I'm you know heading to 50 so I've got what another 15 20 years working I don't think this problem will be solved in my career my recruitment career I think that it will be a generational problem unless yeah. we start putting the things in place now yeah I think it will uh it's already hurting the economy because you've got skill shortages you can't get stuff done but I, don't, I also don't think that the thing is i don't think the issue is going to be resolved until it becomes a big talking point in politics and i just yeah. and obviously look there's been other things that have taken priority but i don't think for a long time it's as if the government have even acknowledged the you know really critical issue of having such skill shortages in the uk mm. uh, because we're just falling behind and uh, and it will take, if you want to introduce technical schools and you want to introduce a different training regime, it's going to take five to 10 years to recover that and turn that around anyway. Yeah. So if you haven't even acknowledged the problem in the first place, um, it, and that's got a pro and a con. I mean, the, the, the pro is obviously if there's a skill shortage, there's demand for recruiters for what we do. Because um, there's, a, there's a narrow, so there is a, there is a um, silver lining, but for the greater good of the country, it's only going to get worse. Yeah, no, I totally agree. And look, we're not being political here at all. Neither of us even know who, who we support. This is about looking at future econ economic issues and it's not going to go away. And the fact is, like I say, my sort of benchmarking 25 years, it hasn't changed in 25 years. Mm. So how do you? I mean, there'll be plenty of people listening, you know, from inside the UK that understand this, but from people listening outside, how are you attracting? Because I want to understand in a skill short market, so technology you talk about mm. expanding into that area, rec to rec life science yeah. you know uh, health, healthcare there's so many skill gaps how do you attract candidates what's your method of work of finding the, the hard to find people we briefly interrupt this chat on the recruiters recruitment podcast to introduce to you our partnership with vincere the recruitment operating system Vincheri is the modern recruitment operating system for recruitment and staffing agencies around the globe. A single tech platform that unifies your CRM, your ATS, your website, candidate and client portals, shift scheduler, timesheets, data and analytics, and now 
including video interviewing and outreach, all under one roof. This is the reason the Recruiters Recruitment Podcast chose to partner with Vincheri, because we want to make the job of a modern recruiter as simple as possible. So if you're looking for a new recruitment CRM to manage your entire operation, visit vincheri.io and remember to mention the Recruiters Recruitment Podcast. Now, back to the chat. Um, the way we do this is from not just things like data analytics and stuff like that, but just from experience in the marketplace. You have to um, go about a multi-pronged attack because you'll find that some industries, you will have people who still use job boards quite predominantly. Yep. Some recruiters will say, oh, I'll just use LinkedIn. If mm. we just use LinkedIn across the board for everything, we would not fill some of the roles that we fill because a lot of the people we fill, they just they won't even have a LinkedIn profile. They don't use social media and stuff like that, or they're limited on it. Yeah. Uh, so I think you have to have a rounded kind of process to it. But the other thing, our approach is generally mm. we recommend with clients because you can't, we're not, we're recruiters, we're not magicians. If yeah. you're looking for skill sh- skills that don't exist mm. and, you know, you, you have the ability to train people, then often we try and speak to clients and look at the realities of certain jobs. And if we can find someone who can do the job brilliantly, great but if we have to find somebody who's a seven out of ten who needs a bolt-on skill here or there but they have the potential so they might not be the best day one or whatever but they're the best day 101 right. and you can work with that as a client and retain them long term mm. yeah you might have made a little bit of a sacrifice and had to make a little bit of investment in their training initially and get someone who's nearly there but you need to bolt on the other bits to make them what you want them to be but if you have a if you have the right retention strategy you invest in that person develop that person and this is a lot of the clients we work with you're going to get a return on investment with that client over a long period of time so we try to focus our approach on finding candidates that motivate motivational and cultural fits for businesses yes Um, and therefore they can retain them otherwise if you just have people leaving after five minutes they won't come back to us Um, and you're only really going to see the benefit if you've had the time to train them in the first place so you need that retention so for us we've kind of developed up a reputation for doing that and able to source candidates from different routes and not just going we're just using linkedin or we're just using job board yeah. you have to have an all-round i yeah. think if you don't do that these days you will struggle mm, yeah no i totally agree with you i think it's having a sort of multifaceted approach to it um but i like the fact that you focused on the training and development aspect for your clients too you know and, and looking at maybe looking inwardly as well looking at who who in the business could get retrained that's a that's a possibility how yeah. How did the pandemic and obviously now go looking forward, how did it impact your sectors from a hybrid point of view? Because I think from what I've seen across workplace culture, a lot of, you know, the narrative and a lot of the statistics that come out of places like Slack, because I, I listen to a Bruce Daisy's podcast and it's all around workplace culture and he interviews, you know, lots of CEOs. And it's showing that, pe- you know, the workforce, particularly in skill short markets where a lot of new people will come through, they will request hybrid. How can that actually work, say, in a manufacturing environment or a lab environment? How feasible is that? Is that something that employees would need to think about? The Recruiters Recruitment Podcast is thrilled to be partnering with Inclusion Crowd. Inclusion Crowd put the D into diversity, but do it disruptively. We love that. Really reflecting what we're about. 
I was introduced to Inclusion Crowd back in 2020, and I've been absolutely blown away with what they're doing to totally transform the recruitment and hiring sector. They believe at Inclusion Crowd that companies should be reflective of society. And that no matter who you are listening now, you have a story to tell. You have a contribution to make. An inclusion crowd educates you in allowing your voice to come out and share that story, but doing it in a way that educates your colleagues and your customers equally. Inclusion crowd, like the Recruiters Recruitment podcast, has clients all over the world and they specialize in our industry. What we all want to do together is to maintain best practice and to raise industry standards to enable us to attract and retain the best talent, but doing so inclusively and with true diversity. By doing this, by accomplishing a true EDI policy within your business, you will also retain the top talent as well as attract new talent which is a win-win for everybody listening, making more profitable business and a much better industry, highly, regard, highly regarded. Inclusion Crowd are also the official awarding body for the Inclusion and Diversity Certification Mark within recruitment. We are so proud to be assisting and partnering Inclusion Crowd. If you want to know more information, please click on the link in this episode. And remember to mention the Recruiters Recruitment Podcast when you do so. Now, back to the episode. So some of the, some of the jobs can be done hybrid. So we tend to find design roles, technical sales roles can be done remotely. Mm. But a lot of jobs, if it's in a manufacturing plant and it's a physical hands-on skill job, you can't do it that way. But I think most companies now, if a job can be done remotely or via or a hybrid method... Uh, where they come in maybe one day a week. Most companies have, have it's not well, they've adapted to it because they wanted to. They, they kind of had to adapt. Yeah. If you don't, you're just going to miss out on people. So it's not us pressuring them. Most companies, I think initially when it was the pandemic, there was some reluctance from companies that, let's say, are a bit old school. But I think pretty quickly, most companies caught on that we have to adapt. Otherwise, you're just not going to get not going to get the staff. No, and that's no. generally how it's worked. Yeah, no, definitely. And and obviously we're we're in we're in metaverse now. Apparently, I don't know if you've moved into the virtual world. It's something that I've uh, been very keen to try out with the the goggles over Christmas. Um, mm. So, how do you think that met, the metaverse will transform the world for your clients and potentially for for everybody? How do how will that change in terms? Because it looking at education, looking at medical, they're going to be using meta for training people. How how could that work in engineering, for example? We are so proud to be partners of Needy, the gifting revolution. Here at Key Recruitment, we absolutely love to send out bespoke gifts to our new place candidates to welcome them in their new jobs, but also as an extra special thank you to clients or when a team is celebrating something really special. But to be honest, we were really fed up with dull or mediocre gifts that you could just buy on the high street that didn't really reflect who we are at Key Recruitment as a business. This is why we chose Needy. 
Needy source sustainably from the UK's best independent businesses, offering the most perfect array of bespoke gifts and experiences too. So no more boring bottles of plonk or rubbish boxes of chocolates. This is how you make your customers day with a gift that really matters and shows that you really want to do something special for them. For more information on how psychology and AI forming to make the best gift experience for you, click on the link and remember to mention the Recruiters Recruitment Podcast when ordering. Now, back to the episode. I think the, the, the depends on the client, depends on where they work. One thing that I think is there's such untapped potential Obviously, the technology with it is the limitation at the moment. It's for a technological advance we think we are. I think there's still quite a way to go on it, and that's the exciting part. I think one bit that we found, obviously, with video now, you'll still have clients and candidates will do a video interview, but then the reality of it is you can't have a look around the site. You can't see this. You can't do a technical test or anything through those things. The beauty, if, if you can, when the technology is there, you could have it in a, a virtual kind of technical test where they're there, give a virtual tour around the site. Um, and a lot of the, the roles being technical roles, that bridges the gap. That's the beauty yeah. of it when the technology exists. Mm. I think with the jobs themselves, there will be whole jobs and careers and things like that invented within oh, the metaverse. So the, for me, is extreme. In the same way that I, I do think when it, technology gets up to level on it, it will replace the internet as we see it as a kind of 2D format and replace it in a 3D format. So Amazon will literally be you walking around the shops. Do you know what I mean? So it will be, it'll be really interesting. Very um, dangerous that for me. <laughs> yeah. So I, I think there will be, at the moment, it's still in its early adopter stage. And I think it'll probably take a good five years or so to get to that next bit. But I think in five years time, you'll then see it being quite predominant on what we're doing. So we're, we're eager to kind of get into it, but it's very early on at the moment, obviously. Yeah, it's exciting. Well, 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 do you know what? In five years' time, let's come back and see how good your prediction was. Uh, well, thank you so much. And we've throughout this, I hope this episode has actually been seamless to listen to because we've certainly had a few, ironically, a few technical challenges with Signal, etc. So thank you for bearing with us if it has been a bit scuppery, but hopefully it's been seamless thanks to Shannon. We've really enjoyed having you on the podcast and I love what you share on LinkedIn. I was saying that to you before we came on. You, you're a really positive, insightful, informative voice. So if people aren't connected to you, I hope that they do ask to do so. And thank you for joining us on the Recruiters Recruitment Podcast. Brilliant. Thank you very much.